Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. It's good to have you here at Fellowship. And what's happening in this room is not all of Fellowship tonight. We actually have our friends and our our fellow brothers and sisters who are in with us at the High Crest neighborhood. So hello, High Crest. Everyone say hello. All right. They are our new church plant this year. And we're so excited to have a wonderful leadership by Jonathan Sublett, who's our pastor there, and all of those who left here to go and plant that church and are staying in that community. We are in that community to stay and to be the church. And it's our honor to have them with us tonight. So God bless you, Fellowship High Crest. It's good to have you here. Hey, so I hope you've made all your Christmas purchases. You, you've used that Amazon Prime two-day free shipping, and it's all arrived here on time, right? And so I've compiled an, a whole picture of, of a top 10 what-in-the-world Christmas gifts. They're gifts that when you open, if they were given to you, you would go, what in the world? What in the world were you thinking? So the first one is a scale. What in the world? Guys, don't ever do this. It's never been on any any person's Christmas gift, right? I know what some of you are saying. Yes, but the new ones, they're digital. You can link them to your iPhone, and it actually goes comp, body weight composition. All, no, no, don't, don't do that. Number nine is the teeth whitening kit. Hey, your teeth are yellow. Merry Christmas. What in the world? This one is called the uh, family onesie. And frankly, there's no family, no family that gets that excited about pajamas. This one is called the guitar t-shirt. You can actually strum it. It has strings. But don't you think it'd be a little bit awkward? Want to play? Want to play? Yeah. Come on, try it. It's kind, it's kind of creepy. Uh, this one was inspired. Yes, it's called The Baby Pouch. And it was inspired by the movie Alien. <laughs> so you want to have the warmth without the gruff. Introducing the beard head. And just in case you're wondering, can kids wear it too? Absolutely. Absolutely. This one was actually a legit gift in the 70s, okay? You ready? Wonder Sauna Hot Pants. I know that I would say wonder on Christmas Eve, but never in my life would I think I'd be saying Sauna Hot Pants on, on Christmas Eve. But one thing we can be assured, just in case you're a little leery, they are approved by the AAU. Do you see it up on the upper right hand side? It's important. We know that before we buy, right? There was a meeting somewhere sometime that someone said, I say we name them the Wonder Sauna Hot Pants. All in favor? Johnson, are you with me? Yes, I'm with you. Okay, we now approve it. All right, this next one, this next one is the bacon air freshener. Because, because nothing beats the, the smell of fresh bacon when you enter your car in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening, right? This one uh, is from England, and this is, again, legit. None of these are prank gifts. They're all legit. So you have two dogs, 
and they shed a lot of hair. What do you do with that hair? Well, you make them into sweaters. That's what you do. And you give them as a gift. It's so soft. It's so warm. What is it? It's my dog. It's my dog. Okay, and keeping with the sweater uh, movement... What happens when Aunt Jean, who loves to knit, sits in front of the TV and watches every Christmas movie the Hallmark Channel puts out? She can't stop knitting, so the end result is a gift like this. The full body sweater. The full body sweater. (laughs) Mom! Mom, there's a Sasquatch out back. No, that's Dad getting the firewood. And look closely at this one. There's a reason it's taken in the bathroom, because that's the extent of where this gift was put on. (laughs) Well, at this time of uh, the season of Christmas, we've been focusing as a church on what to do with the gift of Jesus. And for those of faith, we we celebrate it, right? And we, we worship the news that Christ became flesh, He lived for us. He died for us. And he rose again for us. But there's others who kind of don't operate with a faith perspective. And so when we talk about Jesus being the greatest gift ever given and Jesus being the greatest gift ever to be received, they kind of go, what in the world? Do you believe this story? Really, is this true? And all I would say is that the Bible, as it presents it to us, God's word, presents it to it not as a fable, not as a fairy tale, but really as legit as a historical truth and and a truth that we're that we need to believe in it's we're called into the story of god through this nativity the birth of christ and over this past month our church has been celebrating that we've been going through each kind of group of people in the nativity scene and how god used them to show us a little bit more of his heart for Christmas. And as we look at this, we can see that as we looked at the wise men, uh, which are over there, as we looked at the wise men, uh, we saw that this, that Christmas is really a celebration. It's a celebration that there has been born a king, a king for us, a king who would lead us back to God, a king who would lead us in life. Then we looked at the shepherds, and as an angel appeared to the shepherds on that evening in which Christ was born, the, the, the angel said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people, not just a few, but all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So the, the shepherds really showed us that Christmas is a proclamation, not just from heaven to earth, but from our lives to others' lives. Because the shepherds, once they heard it, they, they went and they saw it. And then they shared that news with everyone around them. And, and Christmas is that come and see. Come and see in the scriptures who Christ is presented as. And once you do, once you believe in him, go and tell. Christmas is a proclamation. And then we looked yesterday, if you were here, we looked at Joseph. And we saw that Christmas is an invitation. It's an invitation into a family. Here's Joseph. He's kind of off the grid. We don't see him a whole lot in scripture, yet out of his family, he got to be one. uh, He had Jesus in his family. And, And ultimately, every family is called into the family of God through Jesus. We learned from this that 
who you came from is not as important as who came for you. And Jesus did that. He came for us. And so when we look at Mary now, we're really going to be looking at this whole picture of Christmas is a declaration. It's a declaration of faith. And we're going to see how faith is, it kind of progresses through the life of Mary. And to do that, let's look at the passage as it's shown to us in Luke chapter 1. In Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 8, I believe, excuse me, 26, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled, and she tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. For behold, you will conceive in your womb, you will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Now think with me. Think with me. If this is faith, just kind of being shown to us here, we get a picture of Mary, who probably wasn't over the age of 17 or 18 years old, getting this news. And she's in the margins of society. She's not in the center. If you thought, I'm going to bring in the ruler of the universe into this world, at that time you would have chosen Rome. But here it is, right off the grid, in a land built on a promise that God made all the way back in the book of Genesis, this Savior was born, and Mary was going to be the woman that God used to bring in this child. And so we're going to take a look at this whole picture of Christmas being that declaration of faith. And as we talk about faith, what do I mean? What is faith? Well, as I've read the scriptures and seen how people have have put their faith in God and taken him at his word. And as I've seen my own life, in my own life, what faith looks like for me. Faith, a working definition for us is, faith is believing God at his word and taking the next step with him. It doesn't mean you've got it all figured out. It doesn't mean that you understand everything in the world there is to understand about you or about God. But you're willing to take him at his word and take that next step with him. And we're going to see this in the life of Mary. And she's going to give, uh, give us comfort, especially if we approach this story from a viewpoint of doubt. Did Mary really doubt? Look at the passage again. We see doubt. Soon as the angel came and said, greetings to you, O favored one, what does she do? She's troubled at the saying. And she tried to discern what kind of greeting this might be. That word discern in the Greek is literally an accounting term. If you're an accountant, you're trying to manage and balance your books. It's trying to think, how does this reality of an angel appearing before me match with true reality of my life and what's going to happen? How does God mix with me? How How do I understand this? So the angel says again, he says, Mary, this is going to be the situation. You have found favor with God. You will become pregnant. You'll have a son. You will call his name Jesus. He will be great, the son of the most high, and he will take the throne of David. He will rule forever and his kingdom will have no end. What do you see with this? Because when she leans in and says, what, what is this all about? And God tells her more, the angel tells her more. 
she asks another question. Verse 34 says, how will this be? How will this be since I'm a virgin? And that's the whole picture of what she's showing us here is, is it still another question? We need to be okay with doubt and questions. And I know churches throughout their history have always said, don't doubt, just have faith. But if you look at Mary, she's asking questions. Now, there's two types of doubt. There's the doubt that's a sincere doubt. That's the doubt of Mary, where she goes, how will this be? In other words, you told it to me, but I don't know how it's going to work out. And then there's more of the cynical perspective. And the cynical perspective on faith is this just can't be. One of them is open. One of them is closed. One of them is open to the possibility that, God, if you exist and you've revealed yourself through Christ, I'm willing to sit around and, and, and listen and take that next step if you do that. And then others is just, I'm, I'm closed. I'm done with it. Now, we can approach doubt in a healthy way, or we can approach doubt in a cynical way. When we come to this story, we see her moving in and asking questions and leaning in to more of what does this mean for her? And she, of all people, had reasons to doubt, right? Think about this. You're a young woman. You're an unwed mother. In those days, you were rejected by society. In a Jewish environment, you were marked for life. You were destined to be a disappointment to your family and your city. The whole city probably was about four to 500 people. If you grew up in small town Kansas, you know how word gets around, right? It gets around. And so if there's this picture of how in the world can I trust God on this one if this is what I'm supposed to do? She was uneducated. She didn't have anything to fall back on. She was engaged to a guy named Joseph. I mean, if you read this, just on the surface, it kind of looks like a Nazareth Nicholas Sparks novel. <laughs> oh no, here's this innocent, wonderful girl. She's pregnant. What will happen here? Sorry, I'm at least appealing to women who know Nicholas Sparks. And I check my man card when I watch the movies. Okay. But here, it's even question to think, will he view me as someone who's betrayed him, who's been unfaithful? And then there's an unknown about her future. I mean, I don't know of any person who was not looking forward to their marriage. And yet all of this seems like it's on hold. All of this seems like it's on chaos. Chaos. She had reason to doubt, but she didn't walk away. Now, I don't think she totally understood everything about what was happening. But that which she was told, she was willing to take the first step. And so she does. And so she does, because the angel speaks to her again and says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren for nothing, nothing, Mary, will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed her from her. So she moves from doubt to acceptance. How do we see that? Look at her phrase. After the angel explains more, she goes, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Again, she didn't know everything that was going to happen. And she didn't have all her, her plans made out or all her questions answered. But what she was told was enough. Enough to make a decision of accepting, 
I'm in. I'm in. Now, I really believe this was a first step, but it wasn't her last step of faith. And you know, I remember when I was a little kid and my mom presented me the story of Jesus, but she didn't just present the birth. She also presented the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And at that time, I was a kid. It was my parents' faith. And so I kind of wanted to be like them. But I didn't just do a blind faith. I trusted and I realized the the realities in my own life that I was a far from perfect kid and I couldn't be good enough to please God. I still needed Jesus. And so at a young age, I put my faith and trust in Christ. And what I found is that that first step with God, I leaned into more steps with God. And my faith has grown through that. Thankfully, it's grown since that young age. Now, there are some days where I take two steps back, (laughs) but mostly I'm walking with God and I'm seeing faith grow. After you accept, God wants to, again, lean in and guide you more. And so that's what she did. She accepted God. She took that first step. And the next one we see her doing is she actually goes and sees her relative, Elizabeth, that the angel told her about. And Elizabeth was about 70 miles away in Bethlehem. And, uh, and, and she goes to where Elizabeth was. And it's amazing. All of a sudden, Elizabeth... Elizabeth starts telling her she's pregnant. Now, Elizabeth was an old woman, and she was called, this is not a good compliment. She was called the barren one in the family. Not really a compliment, but here, this one was with child. And Mary had probably seen her at all those family reunions, at all those celebrations, and now to see her where she's pregnant. And she just rejoiced. And it moved to resolve where where Mary said, everything the angel told me was happening. And that resolve is actually expressed in Elizabeth's word to Mary. She says, blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. In other words, Mary, you believed and you showed up. You took that step with God and you showed up. Blessed are you. You took God at his word and it moves to resolve. Again, doubt, once you accept it, And as you practice faith, moves into a deeper faith. Your faith moves to resolve. And then after that, we see wonder. Mary breaks into poetry. In your Bibles, if you're reading it, you'll just see the indentation of poetry going. And what it ultimately means is she begins to worship God. And she says words like this. My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. And then as you keep reading and you go down, it says, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he has spoke to our forefathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. This kind of shows us the whole picture of, wait a minute, I can't believe it. I'm an unwed, pregnant mother I'm off the grid, in the margins, but I'm at the center of God's plan of salvation for the world. Whenever you're Jewish and you hear the name Abraham, whenever his name is brought up, you go, father of the faith. She goes, look, the father of our faith, I'm in with. I get to be part of this plan. And it's wonder. I've seen that happen in my own life. As I took by faith and I accepted who Christ was and I took that step and it moved into resolve, there's interesting how time after time, even at my age right now, I look back and go, 
Isn't God awesome? I see God work in so many people throughout the year here at Fellowship. I see people beginning to accept Christ and moving from doubt to faith. I, I see people move from acceptance to to uh, resolve. And I even see people just amazed at what God is doing in their lives. But that still happens to me. This is a pattern how faith deepens in all of us. It's this whole picture of, you know, as we looked at, we started with doubt, acceptance, resolve, and wonder. Every time God asks me to do something that I'm kind of unaware about or things he wants us to do as a church, I may go, God, you really want me to do that? And I don't get an audible voice, but as we talk about it more and we sense God's leading us into something, we make a decision to accept this is God's plan for us. And we resolve in that as we make those steps, God brings out more things. And now we look back and we just go and wonder what God is doing here. Hey, if you're over at Highcrest, you're part of that story. I remember a year ago, we made a decision here at this location. Let's plant you. Let's plant a church. Who will go and do that? And we had a, we raised the money over Christmas to plant that church and to get all that going. And now you're there, fellowship family. You're part of us. And we worship with you. And I just look at all the things that happened over this year. See that? That happened this year. (laughs) But even greater than that is I see people worshiping the Lord. We're going to get a chance to see our Highcrest friends when we light up our candles. We're having a live feed, and we're going to see them worshiping with us. But it just brings me wonder, all that God has done in bringing the right people to lead in that environment and the right people to be a part of the church. And we get to see that all the time. This is how faith grows in us. So where are you? Where are you? Are you open or closed to the story of Jesus in your life? And if you're open, will you take that step of faith? Will you say, God, I don't understand all of it, but I do realize I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. And that's why Jesus came. Jesus came. He lived a perfect life. He died on a cross for my sin, and he rose again on the third day. And because of what he's done, it's not about what I'm doing. It's what he's done. It's not who I'm trying to be. It's It's trusting in who he is and taking that next step of faith with him. You can do that right now. You can say, God, I get it. I get it. I used to think it was all about me. I used to think all about my works, all about my performance, but it's nothing to do with my performance. Folks, Christians are not any better than anyone else in this world. None of us are in because of our performance. We're in because of Jesus and his work for us. So when you take that step of faith, you trust in his work for you, that he was good enough. And so we trust in him. Wherever you're at, take that step and move towards acceptance. And as you lean in, God will be with you and he will guide you as you begin a faith journey. And again, I just want to let you know, Fellowship Bible Church, whether you're here or at the High Crest campus, we're here to help people find and follow Jesus Christ. And one of the best things that we've learned to help connect people to a relationship with Christ is something called Rooted. Rooted really connects you to a relationship with God, a relationship with a church, and then your purpose in life. And I want to encourage you as you think about the new year and being a person of faith, if you want to lean in, even if you don't have it all figured out yet, if you just want to find out more, sign up for Rooted in the new year, and we'll help you as you connect with God, his word, and people. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each person who's here.
Thank you for working in each person to bring them to this place where we can hear about the real meaning of the nativity of Jesus Christ. Lord, with all the things that are going on here, Lord, thank you for focusing our minds on the person and the work of Jesus. Wherever people are, would you move them from doubt to acceptance and from acceptance to resolve and from resolve wonder. And may we make the name of Jesus greater on earth as he is in heaven. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.